And welcome into Straight Up Sports. I am your host, Devin Albertson. Um, we're going to talk about a little bit Missouri eight man football, a little bit about week two. Um, I know I missed Friday night due to a wedding, but I was able to follow along a little bit um, at the reception and see how the scores were going along the night as well. So let's take a quick look around the state in some big games that kind of went down. Um, Stanberry uh, really beat up on Albany, 50 to nothing. I watched that game on Albany TV, um, I think it was Sunday, <clears throat> and wow, Stanberry looked impressive. Uh, they were efficient on offense. The defense was lights out. I think Albany got two first downs, both in the second quarter, one at the very beginning of the second quarter, and the other one was against Stanbury's JV in the last like 30 seconds of the game. Other than that, they did nothing offensively against Stanbury's defense. And Albany put up 68 points in week one. I know it gets Osceola, but to still put up 68 points, it can only measure two first downs versus Stanbury. That defense is legit for the Bulldogs. Um, other scores, uh, King City beat up on DeKalb, 72-6. Drexel beat Appleton, 70 to nothing. Not a whole lot to talk about in those two games. Those teams are what they're kind of supposed to do. Um, North Shelby at home beat Northwest Hughesville 44-26. to I watched the game on uh, North Shelby's YouTube channel. You guys want to see that game, it's on there. Um, pretty interesting matchup. Um, some thoughts, North Shelby. Uh, has some good size up front. Uh, Kale Stoneburner had a nice game at quarterback. Uh, Justin Lunsford, no more as a running back, played really well at the end. Um, I like North Shelby after watching them on film a little bit. They got good size. Their D-line played really well. Um, and for North Shelby, <clears throat> everyone knows about Tanner Damlow and Caden Crooker. But other couple guys I thought looked pretty good, Pearson Teichner. I think that's how you say his name. And then uh, Nick Crosswhite. I was very impressed with those two. They kind of popped up the screen a little bit as some good receivers and good defensive players for them as well. Good two-way players uh, for the Mustangs. I know they lost, um, but as you guys are hearing this, the top ten came out for week three, and they actually jumped into the top ten, tied for that ten spot with Rockport. So congrats to Northwest Hughesville on that. Uh, they've been flirting with that top ten all year. People wanted to see him against a kind of a real opponent with North Shelby. They played very well on the road um, in that game. Couldn't pull out a victory, but North Shelby, very good team. Said earlier, Kale Stoneburner just makes the right reads continuously. I'm really impre- impressed with that kid after watching him on film. Uh, they like to run a lot of read option, a lot of just straight option plays with him and Lunsford. Made the right decision about every time with that, whether to give or take. He's a really good point guard for that offense. I like North Shelby going forward. Um, just kind of reaffirmed my like for them uh, this year. Uh, East Atchison beat up on Nauvoo Valley, 84 to nothing. Um, Worth County beat up on St. Joe Christian, 72 to nothing. A lot of blowouts this week. Uh, Oreg beat Keatsville, 48 to nothing at halftime. Archie beat Rich Hill, 40, 53 to nothing. Um, then the other top 10 matchup we had was uh, Bishop LeBlond at North Andrew. Uh, 10 versus 9. I know North Andrews banged up. They had a valiant effort there, but lost 34 to 14. Um, so good for LeBlanc getting wins over Pattonsburg and North Andrew to start the year. So good for LeBlanc with that. I like Reggie Love. I hadn't seen their stats yet for the game, and North Andrews struggled a bit offensively, but they didn't have Hayden Necker, who's one of the best running backs in the state, already uh, banged up this year. I don't think they had Jacob Chittum either, missing another guy. So a lot of injuries for North Andrew. They're going to fall down a little bit for a little bit. But if by week five or six they get healthy again, they could be a team that later in the year could be dangerous to play. 
Uh, Jasper Lockwood game was on Thursday night. I know Anthony went down to that game. A really back and forth, 54 to 46 overtime win for Lockwood, their first eight man win. So congrats to the Tigers for that one. Um, uh, Lockwood, I'm really impressed with that. I w- I picked Jasper to win that game. So good job, Lockwood, for proving me wrong there. But really a good back and forth game based on what I heard. Um, haven't seen the stats for that one yet either, but I'm um, sure there's a lot of points scored there. So good game. Uh, back and forth. Good job, Lockwood, for the, getting the win there at home. Uh, Liberal at Concordia. Liberal won this 64-44. I gave Concordia an advantage going into this game. Um, looks like Concordia's defense still a work in proje- prog- progress. Um, and good job by Liberal to get that win. Uh, sure the Wemo, the middle of that conference, is still pretty decent to be able to beat uh, Concordia in that one. Uh, Knox County beat Norman Harden Central 46-22. to um, Again, uh, Rylan Roberts and Branson Miller having good games there for Knox County. I believe, looking at the stats I have so far, that the only teammates so far this year who both had double-digit touchdowns, both have 10 apiece. Um, so really impressive duo there. I'll be able to see them here week three. I'll get to that here in a little bit. Uh, but good job for Knox County getting that win over Norbert Harden Central. Well, the Aggies fall to 0-2. Uh, Santa Fe beat Northland Christian 84-38. to uh, it sounds like Northland spotted them like 46 points. They played even after that, but um, I know Northland's a young team. Just kind of tough to kind of dig yourself out of that hole uh, for them. I know Dante Birch had a nice game, and so did Seth Martin, but they dug a hole early. They're going to be able to score points. they got to find that defensive edge there. I'll see them again Saturday in, in person this time at Knox County. Um, and Santa Fe, haven't seen any stats from them yet, but I've talked to Coach Caps. Um, he had, got me another Santa Fe hat, which is really sharp. Um, he's really impressed with this crew. He has a good group of seniors uh, who are really bought into the system and are kind of leading the program the way the coaches kind of want to see where the seniors are taking accountability for everyone and that the team kind of polices itself a bit. So it's really good to see that for Santa Fe. I think they went 1-7 last year. They're already 2-0 this year. They actually got a vote in the top 10 media poll. Um, to see them to start 2-0 is really impressive with them. And honestly, after looking at their schedule, I wouldn't be surprised if Santa Fe started five and zero. Let me get that pulled up here real quick um, on it. But Santa Fe, couple weeks, couple wins here, week one and two. Let me get their schedule pulled up here. And this is a good time to remind everybody if you go to the Facebook and the Twitter pages for Missouri Eight Man Football, those links on there and the pinned tweets and the pinned post uh, for Facebook and Twitter. I have links to all the Google Docs I have. So if you guys want to see stats, standings, scores, team pages, all that stuff is on there. Um, and it should be mostly updated at this point. Um, as I get more stats that come in, I will update it as they come in a little bit. Um, but if you look at them, they beat Keithsville and Northland Christian the first two weeks. They had St. Joe Christian this week, Norbert Harden Central, and Concordia. Um, not eligible possibility to start 5-0. Then they end the year, St. Paul Lutheran at Hughesville at Bramer versus Oric. So this could be a six-win team at this point, uh, which would be a huge improvement for Santa Fe this year. Um, and just those kids are really just buying in. They scored; they had the highest-scoring offense right now. Um, and I think they're averaging over 80 points a game. Um, a couple years ago, an 11-man, they might not have scored 80 points in a month. So they're averaging 80 points a game right now, number one and eight-man. Uh, they have the fourth-highest-scoring differential at 54 points per game. So good for Santa Fe. Get a couple wins under the belt here to start 2021. Uh, next game, uh, Greenfield got their first eight-man win in their return over Osceola's 28-22. to um, I think both teams are going to struggle a bit going forward, but good win for Greenfield to get that 
first win under their belt. And then the highest scoring game of the weekend, 88 to 52 win for Pattonsburg over Schuyler County. Uh, Pattonsburg can still put up points. Uh, Zane Reen, Birdie Langfit, uh, two teammates who are put up a bunch of yards and points this year. Um, I think right now Reed has over 660 yards of total offense, which is about 160 yards over anybody else. Uh, Langford, he's got 300 yards on the season, most of it receiving. Uh, he's got nine touchdowns total, while Zane Reed has 13. They're going to put up points. That's just what Pattonsburg does. We'll see if their defense can improve to hang with some GRC teams. We'll see this week they play North Andrew, who has struggled to score a little bit, but can play defense. So we'll see how that matchup kind of goes. Uh, back and forth there with Pattonsburg and North Andrew. But good win for Pattonsburg, uh, Skyler. Uh, also, that game took forever because you have probably the two pass-heaviest teams in the state with Skyler and Pattonsburg. Uh, both their quarterbacks have, I guess, Connor Smith for uh, Skyler has almost 500 yards of total offense. I believe he's yeah almost known for 490 yards this year, while Zane Reed's known for four, 554, so two guys – who lead the state in passing from what I can see. Um, only people that are close are Seth Martin from Northland and Ryland Roberts from Knox County with seven, with 370 and 224. So just a couple guys who are pretty close there, but um, you can definitely see that Reed and Smith from Pattonsburg and Schuyler County lead the state in passing yards. Um, so pretty impressive for those two on the season so far. <clears throat> uh, next game. I know Rockport beat up on Platte Valley, 60-12. to 12. Platte Valley was missing over half their starters. South Carolina was touched at the school down to COVID, so Platte Valley missing a lot of guys there. Rockport took advantage. Good job, Rockport. Uh, Platte Valley kind of takes a wind of their sails. Beat Mound City week one, and then COVID knocks out over half your starters. And it's just a real just – real, it's just tough. It's really – it's a shame kind of deal because I wanted to see them at full strength versus a Rockport – I'm not sure if they're going to be at full strength. They play with Norway, Norway Valley this week. So it could be a rough couple of weeks here for Platte Valley. We'll see how it goes uh, for them going forward. <clears throat> um, Bramer lost to St. Paul Lutheran 60-8. to No big surprise there. Southwell beat up on Southwest Livingston 74 nothing. Southwest is in for a rough year. They're so young, um, especially the skill positions. Just going to be tough for them this year. Southwell was able to get that bad taste out of their mouth in the Worth County game and get a big win over Southwest before they play East Atchison this upcoming week. And then Mountain City beat Stewardsville Osborne 50-6. to That uh, game's over at halftime. <clears throat> a couple things I want to touch base here after week one, week two. Um, I heard there was a liberal kid who got hurt in the Concordia game, but I heard he's doing all right now. And I heard they did a great job of managing the situation. And then also uh, Colin from Stewartsville Osborne. I can't remember his last name at this point, but you can see – I think it's Sunderman. Um, you can see it on our Facebook and Twitter pages – um, on Moe Man Football, we did a kind of a GoFundMe that started over there. We, we shared that link. Um, he was a kid who played the whole game there against Mound City. They figured out after the game that he had a head injury. Uh, there was not one big hit. It was kind of a recurring thing where he had a lot of big, a lot of hits, and it kind of all hit at once after the game was over. Had to be taken on Children's Mercy via Life Flight. Um, apparently, he's doing better now, so we're keeping him in our prayers a little bit, but... Um, there's a GoFundMe account there to help pay for some medical bills and support. I heard they had a um, like a prayer circle at the Stewartsville football field on Saturday afternoon. Had over 150 people show up, including some people from Mound City who they played on Friday. So it was really cool. I, I know it hates it's, these situations suck, but if one good thing came out of it, it was the eight man community rallying around Stewartsville and. Um, keeping him in their prayers and showing support across that. That was 
overwhelming to see that support there. Uh, I'm sure the family family loves it, and it just shows to me this eight man family, even though we're across the state, is a really close knit family, and I really wanted to give a shout out to that going forward and hope everybody stays healthy um, each and every week. It's just kind of a rough situation that happened. Um, and I know Stewartsville, a little bit low on numbers to start with anyways, so they really can't afford to lose guys, and you don't want to see anything like that to happen to anybody across the state. So <clears throat> that's what I'm going to do. I'll touch on that. <clears throat> uh, we'll go to week three real quick. I uh, just got a little quick – sorry, before we go to week three, let's look at the media poll first to kind of see what exactly we're looking at with that. Um, I actually changed my first place vote. I've been voting for King City. Um, the first uh, couple of polls, I actually switched my vote this week uh, to Stanberry. <clears throat> and the reason I kind of did that, um, I've watched King City play live, and I've watched Stanberry on film now against Albany, and I was just blown away by Stanberry. Against a quality opponent in Albany, and I, I played saw King City play a call, quality opponent in North Andrew, <clears throat> but Stanberry was just, Lights out dominant in their game, and I wanted to give them a reward for that. I'm probably going to pick Stanbury to beat Kingsley this week. I'm still going to discuss it a little bit with myself, just kind of see what I want to do with that game. But <clears throat> King Stanbury was more than impressive, so they got my first place vote for this week. Um, and King City now only has one first place vote. Stanbury got the other seven. Uh, the rest of my polls, so I had Stanbury, King City, Drexel, EA, Oric, North Shelby, Worth County, Archie. Uh, Northwest Hughesville and St. Paul Lutheran were my top 10. <clears throat> so my top seven pretty much stay the same. Now I switched Stanbury and King City. My three through seven stayed the same with Drexel, EA, Oric, North Shelby, Worth County. Those teams did not move at all in my poll. I flip-flopped Archie and Northwest Hughesville after the Hughesville loss, and I kept St. Paul Lutheran at my 10 spot uh, this week. Uh, Bishop of Blonde, another team that I really considered there, but I knew they get a lot of love across the state, and they were going to be ranked anyways. They're a team I'd have, I'd have 11. Um, behind Hughesville and Lutheran at this point, but team that I think is very good so far this year. So the actual media top 10, uh, Stanbury at one, King City at two, Stanbury seven first place votes, King City one, and then Drexel, EA, North Shelby, Worth County, Oric at seven, Archie at eight, Bishop Blonde nine, then we had a tie for the 10 spot with Northwest Hughesville and Rockport um, getting in there. Hughesville at one and one is the only team I ranked in the top 10, who is not undefeated. Um, other teams that received votes, St. Paul Lutheran at 1-1, Knox County, who's 2-0, Santa Fe, who's 2-0, and then also North Andrew, who's 0-2 against losses um, to two top 10 teams in King City and Bishop LeBlanc. So that's what we kind of figured out there with the rankings this week. Um, some of my initial thoughts, I'm no surprise with the top really four. I think EA's shown they're the fourth best team so far in the state. They started at seven in week one in the preseason poll. They've already moved up three spots for two dominant wins. Um, I'm not surprised by it. I think they've been really impressive this year uh, so far. North Shelby at five, Worth County six, Oric seven. Makes pretty good sense to me. I know I think I had Oric um, over those other two teams, but it's really kind of personal preference at that point with some of these teams here in the middle of the rankings. Um, Archie to eight, I like that a lot. I think they've been really impressive this year, especially on defense. Um, been a little better than I expected for them a little bit. So we'll see how they do going forward this week. They should get a win this week as I believe they're playing Osceola. So they should start out 3-0 fairly easily here for Archie in the world with. Um, LeBlonde staying up, actually moving up a spot to nine. No big surprise on that one. Uh, the 10 spot I think is going to be 
me and Anthony talked about this, that 10 spot is going to be a revolving door a little bit this year of you know, who gets a big win, how if they get a loss. It's going to be a, a very fluctuating spot there, that 10 spot. I think the top nine teams are pretty much consensus for the most part around the state of who can be ranked in the top 10. It's that 10 spot where we kind of differ a little bit. Um, so I'm glad to see Northwest Hughesville get in there. Um, Rockport, I wouldn't have voted them in my top 10. I'm, I'm sorry, they beat the Cab and a depleted Flat Valley team. They got Stewartsville Osborne this week. They're going to start at 3-0. We'll see. They got Week 4, they got Nolly Valley, and then they got East Ashton after that. We'll see where they kind of stack up after that little stretch. Then after that, they got King City um, as well as Southwest Livingston. Should be a winner this year, but they also South Holt and uh, Mount City in the year. So we'll see where Rockport kind of finishes up. I think this happens a lot every year with Rockport where their first three to four games are the lower teams in the conference. They win those, <clears throat> get a little hype going into it, and then they go into the meet of their schedule and they really struggle. So that's where I'm at with Rockport right now. I'm just not ready to jump on that bandwagon yet. <clears throat> uh, Knox County, good to see them get a vote in there. Um, but kind of a similar thing with Knox. Um, they've beaten Skyler. They've beaten Norman Harden Central. Two good two wins. I wouldn't call them high-quality wins at this point. I think i got to prove a little bit more before I put them in my top ten kind of deal. Um, let me see. who kind of, I know they had Northland Christian come up this Saturday. <clears throat> if they win that game, it's still not a huge like resume-building win. <clears throat> uh, but after that, they got two huge games at Northwest Hughesville and at North Shelby. Two top ten teams right now. That would be huge. And honestly, I'm looking ahead to week five. There's not a week four, not a whole lot of great games on the calendar. But if Hughesville and Knox both win this week, I can almost guarantee you I'm going to go to Hughesville next week uh, to see them play Knox County. Um, and if not, a couple of games like Archie Jasper or um, Rockport, Nottoway Valley, kind of three games I'm keeping an eye on of where I'm going to go in week four. Um, but right now, I think if Knox and if Hughesville can beat St. Paul Lutheran, that would be where I'm going in week number four. But we get to that Hughesville game. They're playing St. Paul Lutheran. Um, it's a shame that one of these teams is going to start one and two because they're both really talented football teams. Um, and if you look at Northwest Hughesville, I mean, you start the year with Bramer, win. Then you have North Shelby, Lutheran, Knox, Oric. It's a pretty decently, decently touch, tough uh, first five games of the year. Then they go Concordia, Santa Fe, who's improved, Norman Harden Central, and then, at Le- then LeBlonde. Um, so we'll see how they kind of do with this season. I think they're a much better team, but their schedule is underrated tough kind of deal at this point. And if you look at St. Paul Lutheran, who I'm a big fan of, start with Oric, lose by six, beat up on Bramer, but then you have to go and play Northwest Hughesville on the road, Concordia, Keithville, Santa Fe, Lockwood, Knox, and then in the year with Drexel, their schedule a little bit lighter um, because they don't play that North Shelby game as well in conference, but they do have Drexel out of conference. So another tough game there towards the end of the year for North, for St. Paul Lutheran. But if they win this game, they have, I think, a pretty winnable schedule on the way out, except for Drexel. It'll be a tough one for them. Um, but they match up well with Drexel with their size. So <clears throat> we'll see what kind of happens with that. Um, yeah, so that's kind of what I've seen. Santa Fe. I wouldn't have put in my top 10, but it's kind of cool to see them get some recognition across the state for their 2-0 start. Um, so I know they said earlier, wins aren't the most impressive, but Northland Christian put up 84 points. They scored 80 points a game. I mean, you got to give them a little bit of credit for that as well. And they're going to be a team that's going to be hanging around that top 10 
because they're going to rack up wins here with St. Joe Christian, Norbert Harden, Central Concordia, I think, coming up. I think they can rack up a th- couple more wins here, maybe get the 5-0. It's kind of hard at that point to keep an undefeated 5-0 team out of the top 10 because that record looks so good. Um, then they'll have their tough stretch this earlier. So we'll see how that kind of goes. Uh, thank you for everybody who put some stats in. Thanks to everybody who tweeted at the Bo Man account last week so I could keep up the scores a little easier while I was at the wedding. Um, and I promise that's me the last uh, game I'll miss this year, last Friday night, unless something crazy happens. I have no other Friday night plans. If it wasn't one of my best friends from college getting married and I wasn't in the wedding party, I wouldn't have went. But I love the guys. We had to go. Had a good time there as well. Um, top 10 matchups this week. Number one, Stanbury. Number two, King City. That will be our Missouri 8-man game of the week on a Friday night. So 645 from King City. I'll be tuning into our Facebook Live. I'll have that game. Uh, Liberal at Drexel. Uh, Southfield at East Atchison. North Shelby at Norbert Harn Central. Worth County at Schuyler County. Oric at Concordia. Osceola at Archie. Donathan West out of Kansas at Bishop of Blonde. St. Paul Lutheran at Northwest Hughesville, and then Rockport at Stewartsville Osborne. That's your top 10 games of the week uh, for your ranked teams and who they're playing. Um, my four favorite games, I put this on Twitter, but I want to repeat it here on the podcast. Uh, of course, number one, Stanbury at King City. It's a game I circled back in like July because I thought these would be two of the best teams in the state. They're one and two at this point. I think it's going to be a really good game. I'm kind of flip-flopping on who I'm going to pick a little bit at this point, but it should be a fantastic football game. A lot of good players on that field there over in King City between them and Stanbury. Uh, my second favorite game is that Lutheran at Northwest Hughesville game. I think the winner of that game will kind of tie down that number 10 spot in the rankings. <clears throat> and then third favorite game, I think I said Albany Mound City. Um, over there in Albany. I think it's going to be a really interesting game because both those teams suffered some losses early in the year. You know, Mount State lost to Platte Valley, and Albany got smoked by Stanbury. But I think it's a very interesting matchup and a couple teams that I'm just curious of how they're going to respond to some early season um, hardships. Mount State kind of bounced back versus Stewartsville Osborne, but they're not very good, so we'll see how that kind of works. And Albany beat a not-great OCL team week one. But actually, that's my fourth favorite game. My third favorite game was staying the 275, Southhold at East Atchison. I think Southhold's second-best team in the conference this year, the 275. And I think EA is by far the best team. So this could be the conference title game um, in week three. And I think EA is going to run away with it, but I wanted to see to be sure on this one. I think Anthony's going to go to this game uh, for Southhold, East Atchison. It should be a lot of fun to see those teams kind of go at it and see what happens when EA gets a little more resistance from a team like South Holt? I was hoping Nolly Valley would, but Nolly Valley had a lot of mistakes early for a young team, kind of revert back some bad habits, and they really kind of tailspun, and, all, and EA kind of jumped on them in that game. So this could be the de facto conference championship games for the for the 275 and the GRC this week with South Holt at EA and then also Stanbury at King City. So a lot of football to be played, but two games that can really decide conference plays um, here so far. Um, so yeah, that's what I have for you right now. Greenfield, they're on a bye this week. Um, and I'll get through my picks later in the week and kind of go over that and review some more stats for you guys. Maybe do a little bit of a, of a, uh, mailbag later in the week. Um, but yeah, this week should be back to normal. No, last week was a little bit weird for me, um, with being busy on Thursday and Friday, but 
We'll be back in action this week. We've got Monday off for Labor Day, so I'll be able to catch up on some work for you guys. Should be a lot of fun to see how this week kind of goes. Um, so, yeah. And then, of course, I'm going to mention also, so Friday we're going to Stanbury, King City, and then Saturday, and then Anthony's going to Old East Atchison. On Saturday, Anthony and I will be making the three-hour trek to um, Adina, Adina uh, over to Knox County to watch them play Northland Christian. Should be a lot of fun. I'm finally making my inaugural trip to Northeast Missouri for a football game. Uh, I never made it over there to watch North Shelby. Now Skyler and Knox County are both down at eight man, and what I'm playing on Saturday. So we'll go see that. Anthony and I will carpool over to that one. Should be a lot of fun to see how it kind of goes with that. So that's it for this podcast. Um, I did record this at 2 a.m., so Coach Dean could not tweet at me during the podcast. That kind of happened by accident, but I was inputting more stuff into the Google Docs. Um, actually got a little mock postseason bracket up there as well on the final page of the 2021 Missouri 8-man docket. Um, that will have your scoreboard, your schedule, your standings, team schedules, media poll beyond there, some history, team wins, coaching history, enrollment, and the postseason bracket all going to be on that document. Uh, so you guys want to see that and kind of see where your current standings are is where I have you at in the in the, in the bracket. I know we're two weeks in. You've got seven more weeks to kind of decide where you're going to be at. But it's kind of a good visual representation to see where the bracket kind of shows and how it would kind of go. So, as we have for you guys right now, should be a lot of fun. Also, just a side note, last one note here, Misha and their points and their standings and stuff like that, no clue what they're doing in North Shelby and Lockwood. Makes no sense. Lockwood lost week one to Pierce City in an eight-man game. They did not get docked for it. Now they're a two-seed in their district over a Drexel team who was 2-0. Lockwood's 1-1, but somehow they got more points. I don't understand it. They didn't get docked for that loss. And then North Shelby beat Maysville, an 11-man team, an 11-man game. Got no points for that. Beat Northwest Hughesville, and somehow they're still like the sixth seed in their district with like 16 points. They should have over 40. I'm not sure exactly what's going on there either. Neither one of those makes any sense to me, but I'm not in charge of that stuff. I just kind of report on it. So hopefully Misha fixes that. I hope they will here in the, over the next couple of weeks. That way we get a more accurate uh, district standings at this point, but we'll just have to see at this point. So thank you guys for listening for straight up sports. Um, you can see us on Twitter at show underscore straight. Make sure you follow us there. And then also follow the Facebook and the Twitter, Instagram, Missouri eight man football. So thank you guys for that. And you guys have a good rest of your week for Missouri eight man football. Mm-hmm.